Hi, everything looks good on me, and I'm Allison. Um, you stole mine a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I have to go identify my best friend's and former crush's father as a serial killer, Evan. And we are Cheryl's bitches. What was yours gonna be? It was going to be in the same vein of yours, so I had to panic pick one. It was pretty iconic. Um, <laughs> so, like, we're, okay, we're talking about Chapter 35, Brave New World, which is the Season 2 finale. And last episode, we were like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff they have to, re like, resolve. They don't resolve They, I mean, they do resolve it, but it all happens before this episode starts. Yes. Yes. They said, we have one episode left. Let's introduce five new plot points. Like, uh, it's... It, okay, so we start at, like, a grave site of Jughead. Okay, and it's so Betty, Veronica, and Archie, like, standing around looking sad. And Betty's like, come back to me, Jug. Um, but, of course, that's not real. It's like Jughead... Uh, like in a coma like yeah he was like having a coma dream or something which they started this and I was like oh <laughs> this was foreshadowed much further in, like the few like previously than I thought it was going to be because I thought it was a completely different plot line <laughs> I was literally like wait is this when Jughead dies no, <laughs> but it's not it's not. Um, FP explains <laughs> that, like, to try to comfort him, that, like, his sacrifice brought every serpent out of the woodwork, woodwork, and they tried to avenge Jughead and Fangs, who's not dead, by the way. <laughs> um, the deputy called and said that Fangs was dead, but he wasn't actually dead to try to get them to give up. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> And it was all a plot by Hiram, and they fought the ghoulies, but they didn't win because there was too many of them, and the trailer park fell, and the serpents don't exist anymore. Yes. Um. Then Betty cuddles with Jughead in the hospital bed um, after FP leaves, um, and she says she never wants to see Hal again, and she only cares about helping Jughead and Alice. Um and that she kind of feels bad and feels like she needs to make up for what her dad did so she's not going to run for student or yeah student body president anymore um and then i wrote you why are you making out i love that they brought back the student council president and this is a running theme throughout the episode because clearly they wanted to do something with it this episode but i'm like this was literally so long ago like this was like first five episodes of season two i had forgotten they were having a student council election <laughs> how long is the campaign cycle for class president because it has been like at least weeks like the yeah. black who died lit right rose again there was a whole musical like so much has happened in between <laughs> um yeah then veronica talks 
talks talks to Fred and Archie in the Andrews kitchen. Um, and she says her mom is doing an Ava Perone like rainbow tour, which I enjoy because I just saw Evita like two weeks ago. <laughs> um anyways, and so Veronica wants to help Fred with the election. Um, and so she's booked Fred to appear everywhere Hermione does, but just like right behind her to remind him, everyone, that there is actually multiple candidates in this election, <laughs> which kind of a flop if that needs to be your plan. Yeah, Fred is actually pretty realistic and he's like, I don't know, like this is actually going to work out. Um, and Veronica is also dropping out of the student council race to focus on Fred's campaign. Yes. And she says, quote, conspiring against my parents is proving to be a full-time job. It literally is, because that's her job for the rest of the show. The entirety of the show is, I mean, I feel like that was her job up until, like, throughout all of season one, too. Yeah, that's her only job. Um, then Archie and Veronica go to the hospital and they're like the case is not actually solved because there's still another Black Hood um, the one that has the political motives of shooting at like the uh, debate and trying to shoot Fred at home which I definitely thought that Black Hood was trying to kill Archie so like I, I don't know maybe I'm just dumb but I didn't know what was happening there Um, and they're like this is probably Hiram related because it definitely seems political and Jughead thinks that it's Manetta because he showed up just when the second Black Hood showed up and Archie's like I'll go investigate I have to go down the station anyway because he has to identify Betty's dad as the one that shot Fred the first one that shot Fred the first time the first time Fred was shot at (laughs) um then Cheryl signs a document for former Mayor McCoy, now Attorney McCoy. Um, and then Attorney McCoy announces that Nana Blossom is her new um, legal guardian. So Cheryl has escaped Penelope. Um, and then they Cheryl decides to bring a notice of the change to Penelope and Claudius herself instead of just having McCoy mail it to them um, as McCoy wants to do. And so she goes out to the barn on the property where they're staying, (laughs) which, (laughs) sorry, that's just funny to me. Um, And then she goes to give them the letter, but gets spooked when she sees Hiram and hides in a barrel. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't see her. No, they didn't. Um, She was hiding in a barrel. (laughs) Then we see... Betty gets home and Alice is on her stoop yelling at all these like gatherers that have just been surrounding their house and like they're like oh this is where the black hood lives and she's like yeah this is this is it this is the killer den this is where he ate breakfast every morning um so she's having a little bit of a mental breakdown a little bit and Betty's like tells them all to leave and is very worried about this whole situation so she says she's not going to school um for a couple days and she's wearing 
honestly actually i think kind of a sleigh sweater Mm. a minute sleigh but for betty it's enough it's like white and it has these textured sleeves and it has kind of like textured diamond pattern on the body and i liked on the neckline it had like these like x's made with orange thread across the neckline and it was a lot in a sweater but it wasn't like too much i feel like for betty yeah that's good um yeah betty calls jughead and it's just like i'm concerned about alice and also there are still people at my house so i'm not going to school and jughead's like cool i support you let me know if you need anything um so that was short then archie is at the police station um sorry sheriff station and he does identify hal as quote one of the black hoods got him he was like he was so uh he was being cheeky with it (laughs) he said i'm with suspect number two (laughs) two they Um, make they make hal put on a black hood to like (laughs) so he just sees the eyes um which i just thought was interesting it was funny it was silly goofy of them if we're being honest then we see Archie talking to Manetta, and he thinks that he's not taking the case of the second Black Hood very seriously. Um, and he's like, I'm not going to let this go. Make sure your boss knows that. Because mm, he knows his true boss is Hiram Lodge. Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, okay. Then Betty talks to Fred at the Andrews's and apologizes for Hal shooting him. Um, And she goes on a whole rant about how she feels bad because she's supposed to be this great detective, but she didn't even realize it was her own father being the serial killer, which... Who's calling her a great detective? Who is doing this? Right? Like, I'm like, I don't think Fred thinks of you as a great detective. I think he thinks of you as a 16-year-old girl. Like, I'm yes. going to be honest. I don't think he's blaming you for any of this, but she's she's definitely blaming herself. That she is. Didn't we see uh, Moose is <laughs> sobbing hysterically in the bathroom? <laughs> this whole scene, none of this comes back. So this is just like the one, one this Kevin is a one-off scene and that's moment it. that does not get discussed again and is deeply unhinged. <laughs> Moose is sobbing in the bathroom and Kevin walks in and Moose says that he's crying because Midge's locker was trashed in the riot and people had like kind of made it like a like display for her like left stuffed animals um and wrote notes to her and stuff on the locker and it got trashed so moose is very upset by that and kevin's like it's okay genuinely just trying to like comfort him and then moose kisses him and then kevin (laughs) kisses him back and that's all we see yeah they make out in the bathroom we'll see what happens next season i guess i guess um, then Veronica and Archie talk to Reggie and Josie in the student's lounge. Um, <sighs> anyways, um, Reggie and Josie say they're uh gonna drop out of the student body president race to um because Reggie, I think, motivation is like, well, clearly, I'm not that smart, and Josie was like. 
I talked to my mom and realized I never really cared anyways because I'm an artiste. Um, and then, so at this point in time, I might be wrong because of events that occurred later. I think I'm wrong. But I thought that Ethel was the only candidate left in the race. Okay, your confusion comes from when, like, the first time this was a plot line, it was Reggie and, like, they they were running as pairs. So it was, yeah. like, Betty and Jughead, Archie and Veronica, and, like, so one of them was running for vice president, but I guess they were all in the running for president because they all have to announce that they're dropping out, which I don't think is, like, how that works, but okay. But no, Archie was running as uh veronica's vice president right so i guess yes. somehow he's still in the running <laughs> whatever um then <laughs> jughead meets with tony and sweet pea in a classroom and they discuss how witherby weatherby has said that riverdale high is overcrowded so all the former Southside students are being sent to seaside high school instead which is two hours away <laughs> what like there's not any schools closer that can take them um any yeah i guess it's insane um and sweet pea rants about how it's retaliation for this the the weather be blaming them for the school getting trashed on riot night and jughead responds and says well to be fair sweet pea you did trash the school <laughs> this that was such a good moment was so funny. I got him. Um, then absolutely unhinged. Speaking of unhinged bathroom scenes, we see <laughs> Cheryl walking into the girls' bathroom. And oh, wait, no, we forgot. Oh. Tony oh, also yeah, reveals more, to Jughead. So Jughead thinks that the serpents are dead because of what <laughs> FP told him. But Tony reveals that there's a giant group of them living in the wor white worm right now. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Then we see Cheryl walking into the girls' bathroom, and she says, Veronica's in there, she says, Buenos dias, Veronica, I saw your strapping conquistador father holding a summit with Mummy and Claudius, which racist question? Like, it's... It was offensive. I think this was offensive. Okay, like, Buenos dias? Like, you just don't need to do that? But conquistador father like aren't i'm no expert but weren't the conquistadors like the white people that came in and like yes. <laughs> fucked it all up yes they were i guess we don't know his uh exact lineage but i thought that was a very interesting way it was of fascinating saying, your hot dad talked to my mom and uncle yup um, anyway, uh... Veronica looks really good, though, in this scene. Um, she's wearing a, like, pearls, obviously, but she's wearing a um, baby blue, like, top with a black collar and a black stripe down the middle where the buttons are, um, and a dark blue pleated skirt, and it just looks really good. Play. Um, then she goes home and asks Daddykins, quote, <laughs> about um, meeting the Blossoms. And Veronica's like, I know what happened. You hired Claudius to shoot at mom. <laughs> um, which, not quite, but also like, what? Claudius? 
Why would nah, Claudius be the know. shooter? I don't I don't know why Claudius <laughs> would be the shooter here. But anyway, Veronica's like, well, you would put her in danger either way, so whatever. I was like, Hiram denies it and says that he's just trying to get into the maple trade. <laughs> Which actually does come back later, believe it, it or does. not. Yeah, that one that one that's a relevant plot point <laughs> that was entered here. Um, but yeah, and then he's like, I didn't do it. Um, and Veronica's like, well, actually, isn't it just like the real issue is that I would even think that you could do this? Like Veronica is right, but just like she just can't take an L that she's like, well, actually, even if you didn't do it, you kind of did it in a way because I think you did it. In a way, it says a lot that you could have. Yeah. Um, then we see we're at the White Worm, and there is lots of serpents camping out, um, just kind of like laying in blankets. Um, and Jughead's like, oh, shit, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. Um, then Veronica and Archie visit Betty at home. And they try to get Betty to go back to school, but Betty's like, I can't do it. My dad killed our classmate and also shot at a different classmate. Um, and I just, like, can't face them and the school after that. Um, and then she says that she hates Hal, which, fair. Yeah. I said, like, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> the way she says it, it's so dramatic. Like, I my own father i'm like he's a serial killer like that's (laughs) he has killed many people (laughs) okay um then at the trailer fp is home and drunk which is not good he reveals that he is celebrating that he will no longer have to work for hiram lodge because hiram fired him and Jughead is very mad because he's like, why did you lie to me and say the serpents were dead when there's like a bunch of serpents um, still around? And FP says that it's because he wanted to skip town and finally reunite the family in Toledo. <laughs> and because like there's he doesn't want Jughead to die, keep fu- keep fighting for the serpents when like they should just cut their losses. Um and at this point, them, like, going to Toledo is, like, just one of those things you say, like, when you're like, you know what, I could always just quit my job and uh, oh, travel. It's, it's me when I'm like, you know what, one more bad thing happens, I'm just going to quit my job and move to New York. Like, it's happening. <laughs> He's like, no matter, whatever, if something bad ever happens again, we're going to Toledo. To Toledo. <laughs> bad day, we're going to Toledo. Anyways. Um, then Fred and Archie meet with attorney McCoy and she basically tells them they need to go do a get out the vote drive, um, for Southside voters, um, so that they can get the Southside vote because the Southsiders feel marginalized. They don't historically vote, um, which, okay, but I also thought, wasn't the Southside just like burned down (laughs) like the previous episode? Yeah, mostly. Do they still, does the Southside vote still exist? I mean, like, there's still the people, I guess. Um, But they don't live there. (laughs) I'm confused. Anyways. Well, yeah, but it's still, like, the Southsiders, whatever. It burned down yesterday. I don't think they've given them a new name yet um, for polling demographics. Um, But, yeah, I thought this was, like, I'm like, 
Okay. Um, feel like they might have some encouragement to vote that like, because they say like, oh, everyone's going to vote for Hermione because the lodges like shut down the whole riots and everything. But I'm like, don't the South do the Southsiders believe that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. My other thing is it's just, it's leading to a very weird, weird situation where the Southsiders who are supposed to be like, or people of color coded. The scene is just very people of color coded. Um, are supposed to be voting for Fred, who is the family values candidate. Better than the cop candidate, I guess. I guess, but like, how conservative is <laughs> the, this election? The two, the two party system. Um, yeah, upstate New York. I feel like that's probably about right. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway uh they get a call from Bonetta, which interrupts this and it's because the cops he's they say that they found the guy um that shot fred or they got a tip that this could be the guy that shot fred so they go and try to question him and he retaliated and so they had to murder him <laughs> um (laughs) and they're like and we found on the scene we found the exact guns that match we found the black hood and it it adds up perfectly and guess who it is tall boy i screamed rip to a legend man (laughs) i am confused and i screamed is he not dead I feel like he's in season three. Maybe I'm delusional, but I think he is. I literally don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out. I was like, wait, what? How many people are going to die but not actually be dead in this season? Um, yeah. Anyways. It was, so, like, it was... one, he probably actually did it because they say later that he has done, like, Hiram dirty work before but also it's like they're like and we found the perfect guns and the exact black hood and everything lined up perfectly i'm like hmm Hmm. (laughs) funny funny that um anyways then polly and the twins are back and they're with betty and alice and um polly is confused as to why betty doesn't want to visit hal um, because she doesn't understand how she's gonna forgive Hal if Betty doesn't go visit him, and Betty's like, "I don't want to forgive him. Like he's a serial killer, and he like really did a lot of messed up shit to me and everyone else in this town. So I don't feel the need to forgive him." Um, but Alice is interested in in visiting um, Hal. I don't think necessarily to forgive him, but just cause. And Betty's yeah. like, "You'll you guys can have fun. I'm not going." Yeah, um, I I was like, is Polly out of character here? But with no. the season three, Polly, like where she is mentally, and this comes up at the end of the episode, I'm like, yeah, wait, this is actually laying laying the groundwork. Actually, it's, good writing. It's good writing. It's foreshadowing. It's giving cult. <laughs> it is. Um, then we see Hermione uh is telling Veronica that she's right that like Hiram would put her put her in danger, so he might have been involved. Um, and she's like, Well, you I can't really get out, but you at least should have a contingency plan. Um, and there is a bit of leverage that could help you. Hiram wants to consolidate the whole south side and the only piece of land 
hand that he doesn't have is the white worm and he's trying to buy it very soon um which i'm like didn't they already know that he's trying to buy the whole set like didn't jughead find this out <laughs> yeah i was a little confused there but i wasn't gonna go there but yeah okay well Anyways, so veronica or uh hermione's like the only thing you need is a little bit of money and that should be easy to get um so then veronica meets with hiram in the study with Mar or attorney mccoy um who is representing veronica and getting the Nick St. Clair ransom money that Hiram put in a trust after Veronica extorted it from Nick St. Clair's parents by holding him hostage back. <laughs> Justice. And honestly, that's why we need the legal system to do <laughs> <laughs> so that justice can be served in these cases. I was just like, how do you think Veronica explained to Attorney McCoy how she got a million dollars? She 100% told her. You think, like, the shit Mayor McCoy has done herself. Like, True. I don't think she's going to need any place True. to judge. Anyways, <laughs> then Veronica's like, give me back the money or I will start spilling all of your dirty secrets um including the fact that you murdered papa poutine um had nick uh, st Clair physically assaulted multiple times <laughs> orchestrated a fake black hood attack etc um so that i can ruin mom's election why and hiram is like hmm kind of has to agree to that um jughead is having a mental breakdown in his trailer because he's like hiram is gonna get away with all of it which like yeah probably king um and he like acknowledges he puts it together that tall boy can't implicate him now that they've killed him so there's no one that can like even say oh hiram paid me to do this so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, maybe too much because Penny's definitely their enemy. Go to Penny, like manipulate her in some way to rat on Hiram. I don't know. Just my just would be my plan. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Anyways, then Cheryl is looking iconic in a red cape. Um, and she's putting muffins in a basket. Um and Penelope storms in and is mad that Cheryl's having Nana Rose be her guardian. And Shannon's like, shut up. I need to go take these muffins to the White Worm. And Penelope's like, wait, actually, though, please don't. Like, please don't do that. I'm like, oh, she really cares about her. <laughs> um. So then Cheryl goes to find Jughead and Archie and tell them that... Um, the white worm is going to be raided by Hiram's goons tonight. Um, and they go to the white worm and tell them, okay, you guys, like, we all need to leave right now and sneak away, leave everything. And they say we've been offered asylum on the north side, which I'm just like, why do you have to make everything so, like, just I the way they say things make it sound so offensive. I'm like, okay, the, uh, offer I, I, I asylum. It was an insane phrase to use there. Um, so they escape. There's like a whole scene of them escaping in the middle of the night. And they, the cop cars, they hear the cop sirens in the distance. And then when they cross the river, which like maybe I'm dumb. I had no idea there was an actual river that divided the north and south side. But that makes a lot of sense. Um, I thought it was the train tracks. I think it is the train tracks explicitly in another episode. Okay, but it's is, a river. is it Riverdale all on the same side of Sweetwater River? 
Like I think it's I just on one side of Sweetwater River, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't correctly. know. They cross the river, and Jughead Whatever. dramatically looks back on the south side as they're crossing, but he keeps going. <laughs> that was an insane moment. Why was he doing that? Like, it's not like you're leaving forever. You can go back, Jughead. You can. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, then Fred, the next morning, is making breakfast breakfast for the serpents in his house because he's the one who offered them asylum. Um, and uh, FP shows up and is like, wow, never would have thought we'd be getting help from a Northsider, um, let alone Fred Andrews. Uh, crazy says, world. He says, Freddie Andrews opening his house to a bunch of snakes? And I'm like gay. Like they, they have they changed one have had a good life, Archie's dad. Like it's so true. It's so true. I literally screamed just that they were in the same scene together for the first time in like 15 episodes. I'm like, oh my god, they're so in love. They are. They're in love with each other. Um, also maybe I'm dumb, but I thought the asylum was gonna be in like Cheryl's mansion. Like no, me too. Me too. Because that would make so much more sense than Fred's tiny ass house. Like whatever. Cheryl's like, I don't want them here. <laughs> Low key. Um and then we see um uh, they say that oh Toledo has is gonna have to wait then because we're gonna like find a place for the serpents and get the gang back together and all of that. And right. um Jughead is like looking around very positively about his life now. And like Jughead touches Archie's shoulder and it's very gay. And Archie's like, I'm not done helping you yet. Yeah. This was a very Jarchy episode, actually. I don't like it. I don't like that. Anyways. Um, the next day or, or later that day or something at school, um, Principal Weatherby walks out into the hall because there's a disturbance because everyone is just standing there wearing a serpent jacket. <laughs> Um, and Archie's like, we're all ready to walk out in support of the Southside students. They, We want them to stay. And Weatherby's like, anyone who walks out is getting expelled. And then Archie's like, well, then you'll have to expel me. So Weatherby caves. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, like, okay. I'm not even going to comment on the fact that this is so unrealistic. Because, like, wouldn't they... If the riots were like two days ago, they suddenly like don't hate the Southsiders anymore. I guess yeah, they destroyed the whole South Side, so maybe they feel kind of bad at this point. They're like, yeah, oh. maybe. <laughs> um. Anyway, when they're walking away in victory, Tony says to Cheryl, "Oh, that jacket looks good on you." And Cheryl says, "Everything looks good on me." And Tony wants to maybe make it official, serpent wise. Um, yes, we get a Varchi, or not Varchi, Vughead scene. <laughs> Monica pulls Jughead into the lounge, yet again, lounge scene. <gasps> <laughs> um, then uh, she tells him that Hiram wants to buy the wor white worm, and um, Jughead's like, oh my god, that makes sense, because FP was just fired from Pops by your father and veronica's like oh i was gonna buy the white worm so prevent him from owning the entire south side but now i think i have a better plan but we need to do this quickly um she does not elaborate though so 
Which, is this a better plan? I don't think so. Because Pops isn't on the south side, No, right? it's not. It's not. Okay, okay. Okay, anyway. It's, it's Ver- <laughs> anyway, Hiram shows up at the White Worm. And Veronica's like, oh, welcome to my bar, Daddy, that I bought two hours ago. Mm. Mm. Um, but I will trade it for Pops um and they like sit down and Hiram's like well let's barter for it and my he's favorite like, part is Hiram goes you're risking war with me over pops why I love like war with her like haven't you guys been at war like most of this Honestly, have they like- ever not been at war that's what I need to know I don't think there's been a single moment where they're not at war like risking war, you're always at war. It's not that serious. Um, but it's not changing anything. That she like he'll make the deal, but he's gonna like write her out of everything. No more money, no more allowance. Like sign away her piece of lodge industries forever and ever, which is like a legitimate threat. And I was like, damn, that's a little harsh, Hiram. Like I, was, <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I was like. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, But Veronica agrees because it's all blood money anyway. Oh, yeah. Um. Then Betty is talking to Jughead while they watch the twins. And Betty's, like, scared that evil is hereditary. Um, And I have a movie she would love. <laughs> and then Jughead <laughs> says that it's not and that the baby isn't evil. Or the twins aren't evil. And neither is Betty. Yeah. And he's like, I think we all have darkness inside. All of us do. <laughs> um, then we he see... He clearly doesn't understand that being... darkness equals gay. Yeah, and I don't think he understands serial killer genes, though. I don't think he does either. Um, Then the next scene is everyone voting. They're having the mayor election and the student council election in the exact same gym. Why are they having student council election on a day they are clearly not in school? Um, who I knows? Just, what is happening? I don't understand. It's you so- have a captive voting population, and yet you choose a day where no one is required to be there to host the election. Why? I don't. Anyways, okay. Rant I over. Don't know. I don't know. Archie's like, how's Betty doing? (laughs) (laughs) And then we see Betty is at prison. Hal is in one of those, like, glass cells that you only see in movies, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anyone, even the most hardened criminals, have, like, a solitary confinement, giant glass cells. Um, But Hal sure does. And just doing Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I'm like, okay, okay. Um, Hal says, of course, the same old shit. You're just like me, Betty. Da, 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 da. And Betty's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, then why are you here? And she's like, well, to say goodbye. I'm done with the darkness. You have no power over me. And she does kind of slay as she walks out. Like, obviously, this isn't true. And she's probably going to go back like the first fucking episode of season three. But like, for a moment, I was like, okay. I was like screaming at her and she's like, I won that. Momentary slay. Anyways, everyone is in the student's lounge. <laughs> um, and 
Principal Weatherby gets on these, uh, announce the the speaker to announce that Archie won pre- student body president. So congrats to Archie. Um, and he also announces that the South South, South Side High students are no longer being transferred. So everyone is excited and cheers. Yeah, and uh, Archie and Jughead make intense eye contact. What is up with this episode? I think because season three is like so jarchy, they're like laying the framework. I you know, and I just I don't enjoy dark jarchy. I don't. It makes me uncomfortable. I oh, don't come want it. To on. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes like, season three is better. This episode, no. Yeah, because I want their dads to be together this episode, so it just seems yeah. wrong. Like we can have it both. Except honestly, FP and Betty and Jughead and Alice do that all the time. So yeah, anyway. we don't need to talk about that though. <laughs> anyway, um. There, all the serpents are having a party, and FP announces that he is finally retiring. He says, "For real this time," <laughs> which I thought was cute. Um, and he is giving up the mantle to Jughead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jughead's first duty is mm-hmm. to give Cheryl her jacket, and her she has a bright red serpent jacket because, of course, she does. Yeah, and she looks real good in it, if we're being honest here. Her whole outfit is such a sleigh. She's wearing, like, a black turtleneck with these, like, silver studs on the collar and tiny black shorts and tights and thigh-high red boots. Yeah, it's a sleigh. And she slays. She slays so hard. Um, then Betty talks to Alice in the kitchen um, and tells her that she saw Hal um, and that it was hard, but she's ready to go back to school now if Alice will be okay at home alone. Yeah. Um, uh, Betty is back on her ugly ass sweaters because <laughs> she's wearing this ugly blue sweater that again has one of like on the collar ties um, bows to the side, like asymmetrical bow again. I'm like, give up this look, queen. It doesn't work. Um, then we see, uh, because it's election day, the whole Fred team is gathered at their house and Fred gets a call and they're all looking very intensely, but Fred lost. And immediately there's a knock on the door and it's Hermione. And they're like, oh, did you come to brag? But she says that it was a close election and they shake hands. I'm like, okay, did we need this? How elections usually work? Usually it's the other way around where the the person who lost has to call and concede, but whatever. Yeah, I guess they just counted all the votes because it wasn't like... Yeah, it's just a mayoral election. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Then Hiram gets home and asks for um, Veronica and Hermione. And Archie is in the study and he says they're at his house. (laughs) Um... So then Archie, this is minor and it's not that important, but it's just really stupid in my opinion. He explains how he's been able to sneak into the Pembroke to see Veronica to Hiram. Yeah, which... because he was doing it as a flex. Because remember, he when Hiram first like let him in to the whole situation, he was like, and one more thing. Don't you ever sneak into my daughter's bedroom ever again. And Archie just said that to be like, and guess what, bitch? I've been sneaking into your daughter's bedroom all the time. I guess. 
Anyways. It was a sleigh. It was a sleigh. You're wrong about that one. It was a sleigh. I guess it was a sleigh. It just seemed stupid to me in the moment because I didn't remember that that happened. Um, then Archie congratulates Hiram and reveals that he brought a knife with him. A giant ass knife. Um, and that he feels that Hiram took advantage of him after Fred was shot and he was feeling lost. Um, and that he knows tall about tall boy and all of the violent crimes of Hiram Lodge. Um, and Hiram calls him delusional. But then Archie says that it'll be hard to prove because Hiram's good at his job, but he will always be watching so that when he can prove it, he will get his bones by going after Hiram. There was so much. And There's he so also, much to unpack. He also dramatically stabs the knife into the table when he says the bones thing. So it's it's crazy. Anyway, my comments are that one, Archie, proud of you, King, for finally realizing you were being groomed. He's literally yeah. like, you took advantage and manipulated me when I was in a vulnerable state. I'm like, you get it. Like you understand. <laughs> you solved it. Um he his quote, his exact quote is wherever you go, whatever you do. I'm gonna be there watching, and I like. I'm like Hiram is not scared. He's like, he's like, yay! He's like, hee, my boyfriend's gonna watch me. <laughs> so excited! You're not gonna leave me. Um, but yeah, it's also fucking insane to threaten to kill Hiram. Like that cannot possibly yes. be the correct move. No, there's no way that's a good move. Yeah, and um... we'll see why in like approximately 15 minutes. <laughs> Um, then the gang is all hanging out at Pops, um, and Veronica reveals that Pop told her that there's a speakeasy in the basement, or there was a speakeasy in the basement of Pops. Yeah. Wonder <laughs> if that's laying the seats or anything. Um, and yeah, so that's cool. Fun town history lesson. Veronica's yeah. very interested in that. She says that FP could manage it and it will have world-class entertainment. I'm like, yeah, sure thing, Veronica. Um, and like, they're like, oh, where is Hiram? And she's like, well, daddy is probably out there plotting revenge as a joke, but it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not, sadly. Um, Hiram walks into a dark room, uh, and he's like, who's ready for the new South Side? And it's Penelope, Penny, uh, Malachi, who's the ghoulie leader, and Claudius, and Manetta. And, yeah. I couldn't remember the Malachi's name, so I just wrote the ghoulie guy. <laughs> I remember we called him, or, like, I was like, Malachi, isn't that the... Uh, we kept calling him Mordecai because of the bird in regular show, <laughs> but his name is Malachi. Yes. Um, and they're like, haha, we're planning the new South Side. And Penelope interrupts because he's like, so much of this is starting already. Like, the ghoulies have the drug trade, Claudius is going to supply the drug, the ghoulies will whatever, and Penny's going to manage it all. Manetta's like in the sheriff station it's all coming together and penelope's like um excuse me you promised me a brothel um yeah so that's why she wants to be involved and hiram says all in due time madam because penelope's gonna become a madam yeah um so that was funny 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 um they're also a little concerned about veronica and the children of riverdale fighting back against Hiram but Hiram says 
he's already taken the steps to dissolve the glue that holds Veronica and her friends together. That can't be good. So, wonder what that means. Um, then we see back at the Coopers, Alice says that she went to visit Hal. Um, I said, Polly is so hot. Mm. And so it's Alice talking to Polly and she's like, oh, I, there's someone at the farm that I think can help heal you, Alice. Like, do you want to meet him? And Alice is ready to join a cult. She's ready. She's here for it. She said, let's go, bitch. Let's go. Um... Betty and Jughead are cuddling in a bed at the five seasons. And before we get into what about what happens here, I would like everyone to know. So we all know that five seasons is a playoff the four seasons. So it's supposed to be like this really fancy hotel in town. So I was like, you know what? Here, big brain. Let me do some research. Because Jughead like makes a comment about how he knew that Betty was having a hard time. So he thought it'd just be nice for him to get them a room at the five seasons. So I was like, how much would that cost? If we're taking the five seasons to be equivalent to the four seasons. So I looked up room places at a bunch of different hotel, like four seasons hotels. The cheapest one was $700 a night. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. One, I love the research. Like, okay. Thank you. You think we don't do research for this podcast, but we do. We're out there crunching the numbers. That is insane. Okay. No way Jughead could afford that. Like, that doesn't even need to be said. But that's also just like even more expensive than I thought. No, it's insane. Do they have them in like relatively small towns or are they only in like big cities? They're only in major cities. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what I assumed. But yeah, I was, like, looking at a bunch of them. And the one in D.C., the cheapest room was a, over $1,000 a night. I will never be staying in... I guess I'm never staying at the Four Seasons. I recently stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. And... <laughs> Flex? For reasons. And it was, like, I thought was, like, this is the most expensive hotel. Like, this is bougie as fuck. Apparently not. I thought that in comparison to the price of that. <laughs> the hotel they put me up for a work for like this work conference. I was like, this is the nicest hotel. I literally did a vlog on my Finsta of like, this is the nicest hotel room I've ever been in. And then one of my friends was like, it wasn't even a nice hotel room. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> no, I mean the only reason I got to stay at the Ritz Carlton was for work. So yeah. But they literally gave you a robe, okay? Yeah, no, me, that was exactly, exactly. I was like, they gave me a robe. That's bougie. And in instead of having a coffee machine, they had an espresso machine. Yes, yes. That's I'm like that's class. That's that's the that's class. class. That's class. They weren't the, like the stupid little paper cups either that they give you for the coffee machine. They were like actual glasses. Yeah. Yeah. There I don't were even chocolates remember on where the pillow. I, I said class. This is a classy oh, place. I didn't get any chocolates on the pillow, but I got chocolates on the pillow. Um. Anyway, Belgian we chocolates. clearly will never stay at the at the five at the four seasons. Five seasons. At the five seasons. So, um, like, how is Jughead affording this? This is my whole point here. I'm like, bitch, you were homeless last season. Why are you spending seven hundred dollars on a hotel room? It doesn't seem. <laughs> How do you have $700 to spend on a hotel room? I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe ask Veronica. Maybe. Um, 
Anyways, uh, they're talking about whatever, like, oh, I'm now the head of the serpents. Like, are you? do you want to be my serpent queen? And, and Betty's like, are you asking me to join the serpents? I'm like, she already joined the serpents. Like, She did the serpent dance. She did the serpent dance. It was very memorable because it was deeply uncomfortable for everyone involved. I was so confused. I'm like, she's already a serpent, though. But, like, whatever. She's going to be serpent queen, I guess. I guess maybe when they broke up immediately afterwards, it kind of voided her entrance exam. Uh, That seems... That doesn't seem real, though. That doesn't seem like it's right. I don't know the logistics, but... Anyway, in this iconic last scene, we... Wait, something I just remembered. I forgot to bring up when we were talking about it earlier. During FP's retirement speech, he mentioned that the serpents started some 60 years ago, which is confusing based on the timeline of things, and I just needed that to be known. Well, it might actually kind of work. I know you, like, you're thinking, like, with the... How were the Native Americans yes. convicted? But Tony's grandfather was one of the founding members, right? I guess. And, like, he's still alive and just an old man. Do you think they mean, like, maybe the town just had a relatively large Native American? But no, because they literally have this whole thing where they slaughter. Yeah. And Cheryl, like. Cheryl's, like, great-great-grandfather like, evicted yeah. them or whatever by, like. Like, forcibly removed them from their land. Yeah. The statues is like a guy in 1700s dress. Yeah. Don't think about it that hard. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Anyways, sorry. To this iconic final scene of the This episode. iconic final scene, we see it is Archie's inauguration, which it seems like a huge fucking show for just, like, inducting the student council president. It's like a pep rally, though. Yeah, it's like, Yeah. So, um, they, Josie goes to sing the national anthem and they're all standing up. Everyone's making like happy eye contact with each other. Like, wow, we did it. And Manetta storms in while the singing is still going, uh, goes to Archie, puts him in handcuffs and says that he is under arrest for the murder of cassidy whatever i don't know and everyone is like what the fuck and then he gets walked out and hiram is there just smiling (laughs) yeah and daddy won daddy won that's what happens when you threaten to kill him like i don't know what you thought was gonna happen there archie but okay yeah i don't know why he thought that was a good idea I do like that they bring they brought up Cassidy like earlier this episode just to like have us remember when Veronica's like I know things you did like have yes. Netta kill. Uh, you had Andre murder these men at Shadow Lake. Anyways, I also oh, yeah, would like Andre. to note that Archie is kind of having a fashion slay, not really, but just kind of a minute slay, which is a lot for a male character in this show. Um, in that he's wearing a like very fifties blue varsity cardigan sweater thing and it's just it's cute i liked he it a lot really good he looked he really looked good. good i think he's innocent just because he looked good he looks nice um speaking of what was your outfit of the episode i think i'm gonna go with archie's varsity sweater oh yay i gotta go with cheryl's uh serpent induction outfit. <laughs> 
and her red serpent jackets because that's iconic yeah yeah it is what was your quote of the episode Um, i feel like this wasn't actually like that great of a quote one but i think i'm gonna go with hiram's you're risking war with me over pops why (laughs) yeah that was pretty good there wasn't really that many like no absolutely no iconic quotes in this one i do have to go with uh tony saying that jacket looks good on you and cheryl saying everything looks good on me i want that energy in my life um wow so that is that's season two right there that was season two can you believe um thanks for everyone who's listening we love you yeah thanks all for giving us a a listen i hope you enjoyed the wild ride that is season two and are prepared for the even crazier ride that is season three oh i feel like season three like i'm gonna be honest season three before this i said was my least favorite season Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am very prepared to change my mind because I think I'm a lot more into the like Hiram Archie of it all and I know there's a lot of that in season three there is so looking forward to that I will say I have always said that I enjoyed season three more than season two even though I do love season two um because the show somehow it it, it defies expectations like it is even more insane than it already was, which no one thought was possible. And it's honestly crazy that they were able to do that. It's very insane. And the stakes are much higher. And that's one of the reasons, like, it, and, and we'll see. Like, well, I have to rewatch it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the stakes feel, like, a little more real. Like, it's a little more scary, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, you're, like, like, actually scared for some characters at some point, And I'm like, Ugh. It's, like, actually pretty dark. It, like, it takes a very dark turn in a lot of ways um we will see um who do we want to do for kinsey scale oh i don't know um was this anyone's last episode i don't think so do we want to do a malachi sure (laughs) i don't know if he's ever like i don't think he is ever actually that relevant so i don't we don't don't know a ton of information on him and i don't think we ever like get that much information on him so we're just gonna go with it um so we're doing kinsey scale Mm -hmm. which is the heterosexuality to homosexuality scale from zero to six we are doing the leader of the ghoulies malachi yeah are you ready ready? yes (laughs) one two three okay (laughs) okay the large discrepancy i said five and evan said one okay can i just say again i don't know how much we get from him for at all but the only things i know about him is that he slays in makeup every single episode he seems gay like you you have to fact check this on me but i think his actor might be gay um so he like has that energy and like i don't know he like the serpents or the ghoulies are like 90 percent dudes like there's like no female ghoulies so i'm like why are you starting this whole this whole gang and it's only dudes and i don't know something with working with penny too i don't think we've done penny but like we haven't she's kind of a dyke on 
Yeah, that's fair. I would say um, I agree on a lot of counts. And I was conflicted on this one. And I went with a wild guess. Um, because I think he does present very gay. And that's why I gave him a one. Because no zero could wear that much makeup. But like the serpents are like the social justice warrior tolerant gang and the ghoulies are their enemies. Yeah, but the ghoulies are just there for the chaos. They're not like on the conservative side. Like they just yeah. love the drama. I guess that's true. I don't know. I think you convinced me. I think he's a five now. Oh my gosh. You can't Conversion. change your answer. Huh? Can you change your answer? I don't know. What are the... <laughs> There aren't really rules oh, here. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think I before you. Yeah, I think you gave very persuasive points, and now I agree you. with you. Thank you. Um, That's and what my official record will still be a one. Like we'll still say I was a one guess on this one. Okay. But I'm just saying you were very persuasive. You can change. You can always change your mind. We can, we can learn and grow. Grow, expand, learn, ever improving. Um, okay, folks, that was season two. Um, we'll be off for a few weeks, and then we'll be back for season three. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. All right. I'm not gonna do. You can uh. Reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hear what your favorite iconic bits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are. You can reach out to us at um, Cheryl's B words at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at Cheryl's bitches or find us on Instagram at Cheryl's bitches and TikTok at Cheryl's bitches as well. So um, that is Cheryl's B words at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email and Cheryl's bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, check us out, please. <laughs>